All right, welcome to episode 36 of Defy the Norm podcast. So in this podcast, Isabel and Gabby and I are going deep into Enneagram, numerology, and tied it into your value system so that you can harmonize discipline and freedom to live an empowered, happy, fulfilling, quite honestly, fun life. To inspire you to boldly and unapologetically live outside the box, dream big, and question everything. This is the Defy the Norm podcast with nomads with a purpose. All right, so today, Isabel and Gabby and I are talking about discipline and freedom. over the last, what do you think, month, we've been kind of like just devouring, not devouring, uh, binge watching, listening, Jordan Peterson stuff. Yeah, I think for the last maybe three to four months, yeah. And, you know, his, he just came out with, uh, what's the Beyond second? Order. Beyond Order are 12 more rules for life. And then the first book is 12 rules for, 12 life. Rules for life. And so it struck a conversation for us on like how important this uh, balance between discipline and freedom is. And it's something that we've experienced or lived quite a bit in like there's this element of discipline right to our life that we had maybe when we lived more conventionally we were very disciplined with how we ate our workouts our routine i think discipline is also kind of a weird word because i mean we think we can be disciplined about anything but they can be be things that weren't i feel like discipline in its truest sense of the word or purest most ideal sense of the word is that discipline is the thing is being routine about the things that we don't want to do other than the things that are easy to do it's easy to be disciplined about things that are easy yeah and i think in jordan peterson's book the reason he appeals so much to a certain demographic which tends to be um what men in their like 30s and 40s or, or 30s or 20s 20s and 30s i guess is because it takes so much first to like show we said like like your dad to show up like your dad and to be self-sacrificing and to have a job that even though it's hard and it makes you tired it provides for your family and to make sure you can put your kids on club soccer right and there's this element of like that's discipline and we know from the lifestyle we've lived for so long that like well but there's no freedom there and there's this balance so like step one is just like how do we show up in let's cover that like how do we how do people have so much trouble just showing up in discipline first when I, I think that has to do with because discipline is a lot have not to do with knowing your values because you can have discipline and freedom in anything you do like a lot of people depending on your enneagram especially like type sevens would say they're disciplined in certain things because they'll go on streaks of okay i'm going to have no alcohol for three days and then i'm going to have more and then i'm going to be disciplined about this and then i'm trying this new habit and so that is discipline to them because their value is newness. But there's also, um, it can be hard for some people because true discipline is about being uh, applying uh, strictness to things that will align with your values. And so if you don't know your values, then you don't know what to be disciplined about. And so then everything just feels, all just things you're disciplining yourself in feel like valueless. Right, I was gonna say like discipline needs to be something, you have to have something that's serving you that you're disciplined about that. Right, well, Absolutely. So do you think though that 
I think in true discipline and freedom, you have values. But sometimes yes. when you're just applying discipline, Absolutely. you're confining yourself to programming. Especially to, to the should do's of life. I should be disciplined about these things. I think that's the big one. And so in through discipline and freedom, we could probably tie it to each Enneagram. And maybe we should today since we love to do that. But how each Enneagram truly, when they align with their their value tends to overlap with whatever their core desire is there mm -hmm. and if they can do that with their growth member then somewhere in there it's kind of like their discipline and their freedom mm -hmm. say like um for me uh, in some ways as a type 8 my discipline is actually like searching that challenge and my freedom comes when I can do it with more compassion mm -hmm. um well and really quick before you dive into that freedom part I wanted to say how um discipline or and I said this that you have to do something that's difficult for you. I think there's a sense of mental control that we have to have because I don't, I think sometimes like, why would I be disciplined? Especially if we're talking about Enneagram sevens, I think that's a, a more, a bigger focus for them to first master this part because I think discipline is about proving to yourself that you have control over your own thoughts. And if you can first take it, well, I guess proving to yourself that you have control over your actions, but your thoughts are actually just an action. It seems like, oh, thoughts and actions, those are separate things. Your thoughts are a form of action. So you have to prove to yourself that you can control your thoughts before you go and take the other side of the spectrum, which is going to be unleash your full thought, full self, yeah. your full thoughts, your full being. Okay, so that's a to us, that makes sense. We talk about this in depth, but I think if um, listeners are calling like, okay, wait, this sounds great in theory, but like, how do, how do I apply it to like just my, my regular, I have an eight to five job, I have kids in in competitive soccer, uh, you know, I barely have enough time to to eat, um, you know, eat period, let alone eat something healthy. You know. Oh, I mean, the first one I always say for people to practice discipline is social media. Like, I think there's a statistic that- Okay, I, turn, us, turn off the YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> is this, does YouTube count as social media? This is, but, That's true, it's um, not as much. I mean, they, I know I've heard a statistic that teenagers spend on average six hours a day on social media. And I know adults don't have nearly that much amount of time, but I think there's I, probably three hours, I would guess, something like that. And you can get a lot done in very little amounts of time. So whatever it is that you know that you should be striving for. And so let's just say as a generic one, we could say meditation because meditation is something I think we all know we should do, but we always say we don't have time, it's too boring. If you saw, that's one way you can, anyone could practice discipline would be to not be on social media and meditate for 15 minutes a day. That's true, those 15 minutes could completely change. And you don't even, you could cut out 15 minutes of social media and make time to meditate. And you're still being on social media, and so you could go a step further and say, okay, I'm gonna spend a week not being on social media at all, and I'm gonna meditate still 15 minutes a day. But that's just one way. That's like the most generic way that anyone could, and you could get even more specific with things that you know you waste your time on. Like you could add on a layer of watching TV, or add on a layer of, I don't know. Like doing, a, like I know it's a type nine thing, like doing the useless hobbies of like tasks. Like um, there's this huge type nine thing that instead of doing the thing that they're supposed to do, they're gonna like, oh, I'm gonna go clean the clean the shower, redust my cap, my book cabinet for an <laughs> well, hour. Like, a playful life. Actually, a lot of my old blogs, um, I used to always use the dishes thing. I dishes were a waste of time, a waste of my day. I didn't care. Once I let the dishes pile up through the whole day, it freed up so much time to yeah. like go play with you guys and have fun. And so when I let go of like, oh, my house does not have to look like a model home all yeah. the time. That was a huge part. And you have to be careful of not going to extremes. So for example, I, um, 
ended up cutting coffee for two to three weeks because it was a form of, I was, I wanted to uh, once again, prove to myself that I had control over my actions because it, I, the, if I wanted to be a master of my mind, you know, and I was trying to master my mind in order to um, improve my performance in climbing for this trip that we're on. Um, but you have to be careful not to, to be doing it for the right reasons because there was an extent of it that is good, but I sometimes get carried away with disciplined myself. I'm the opposite end of the spectrum who's overly disciplined in a way of beating the life out of your soul type of discipline. Like, yeah, it's all about let what yourself, serves you. Now this is where freedom is going to come in our, later yeah. in our conversation, but you have to be, and I think there are two types of people. There are people who are so disciplined, like I'm doing what all the things I should do. I should do this. And you end up kind of killing your soul a little while stifling yourself with discipline. Absolutely. Because like, imagine if you force yourself to eat spinach all day, every day. Well, you see, maybe you'll be healthier, maybe, but you're gonna like, you need, there's a, the great things in other foods. You shouldn't just keep yourself strictly to one thing. It's like everything in moderation. Great, you have a life of spinach now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how are you and your spinach hold up there? <laughs> well, and, and Isabel always, you know, cause I'll say like, oh, I, I always have this story I play in my head that like all alcohol is bad. But I kind of have this relationship where it's like, I like to have one glass of wine a day or one beer and, and I'll go through phases, like Gabby said, where she'll cut it completely and I'll say, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut it completely. And then I think like, oh my gosh, that's an absolute, like I'm gonna have anxiety about like cutting it completely. And Isabel's like, well, why are you cutting it? Cut it for the right reasons. And then don't, you're always telling me to be intuitive about it, which it's true, like be mindful. It, it's so, sorry, we're uh, outside today, uh, enjoying the beautiful, desert warm air of St. George. And everyone's on ATVs right now, so just ignore. So please okay. hold. Please hold <laughs> that thought. <laughs> so for me, what I do instead is I use it as a little bit of an incentive or like, I don't cut and deprive, instead I stack extra habits. So I'll say, well, as long as I do A, B, and C, then I don't feel guilty if I have that glass of wine at night. Or if, um, if I do A, B, and C, but I end up having two glasses of wine and I feel really bad that night or um, can't sleep, then I go, oh, I need to be mindful. Well, that's too much. We, we can do another video about a par and graha, but that's kind of our, it's kind of one of my favorite words because of having a seven wing, I sometimes tech go into that apart and graha meaning like where you you try to do too much you're greedy well, with it no apart and graha is the opposite it's the opposite yeah, so i tend to be greedy and you try to be greedless like yeah. what's enough understanding what exactly yeah. is enough for you yeah and i wanted to touch on that too and this might be a little bit of a sidetrack but i think it's important is that yeah in general discipline takes a lot of mindfulness but especially too it's a huge mindfulness game especially in the comparison game because there's so many people nowadays, health, uh, health nuts who are like, oh, I only eat carnivore, only eat vegan, only do this. Oh, I do this, so I'm better than you. And so there's this huge competition that can come with trying to practice discipline that you're always gonna have this sacral chakra worthiness saying say that, that I'm doing it wrong. Cause like, I know it's actually a big one for me, but that for a while that I'd be like, oh, I should drink no coffee or I should drink coffee or especially uh, work is the biggest one that I need to practice discipline with because for a while I didn't work on the business, but when I started working on the business, I'm like, oh, if I'm not working the same amount as them, then I suck. I was terrible. And so that was in a way a practice of discipline of I'm gonna do the amount I need to, but I'm also not gonna do the amount that's just working harder, not smarter. I and guess it's with training because now we have the flip because Isabel's so good at, at 
being a workaholic. No, she's so good at staying on um, her, you know, little things that we have to do, like posting on Instagram and posting on Pinterest. And she's so good at establishing habits. And I'll catch myself like, oh my goodness, my 17 year old daughter is doing so much better at this than me. But I sit right when I say that, I go, yeah, but I chose the value of being a good mom today, or I chose mm -hmm. a value of, you know, connecting with my husband. I have to. So there's no right or wrong in the in the yes. end. In it. It's just it's awareness of that what you need. that you're in the right. Yeah. And at that time in your life, it might change. Yeah, it's, it's exactly I totally the sum up is that you have to be disciplined for the right reasons. That's the general overall, which requires mindfulness to reflect on what is it that you really need. What is the right thing that I sh that I should do in my heart now? What I should do compared to what society says I should do. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And for some people maybe listening or, or if you have kids that um, you're struggling with this, there is some level of norms that we do need to um, absolutely implement. We do need to do um, like some norms as far as like being polite. Of, well, I mean, I, we're yeah. talking some in some of Jordan Peterson's first book, it's just things like, hey, you need to be self-responsible. We absolutely, that level of like, um, sometimes our conversations probably go a step deeper than what a lot of people are dealing with. Like simple self-responsibility of like, cook your own food, make your bed, clean up your room. Mm -hmm. Right. There's definitely that element of discipline that we um, that we have a baseline uh, foundation that we're probably we're not straying from. We're totally saying we need that, but it's when that becomes self-sabotaging when you go from self-responsibility to self-sabotage is where i think jordan peterson's second book comes in to say like hey okay we've got order we have some of these like military style habits that make it so that the military can do its job but sometimes you gotta bring in seal team six and add some chaos that's true. Yeah, I guess that's a, <laughs> quite the metaphor. <laughs> I think that's what he was going for, especially okay. when he was talking to Jocko. It's like there's, like you've got to, you've got to be, and, and in the way it's it's crown chakra. It's that we have to own our individual piece of the puzzle. Like we have to know what our shape is. We have to know: do we have a straight edge? Do we have two straight edges that make us a corner? Do we have totally jagged, round edges everywhere, and it's hard to fit us in sometimes? but we're still none a part of that puzzle, right. nonetheless. It's like um, you are responsible. Once you, you have to first develop the discipline because the second part of the chaos or the creativity, you have to be responsible for maintaining that monster. Yes. So I wanted to lead that into a little bit of numerology talk because there literally is a numerology. Now we haven't on Making Mindfulness Fun uh, YouTube, we haven't talked a lot about this. I think I've touched on it on the Defy the Norm podcast a little bit, but numerology, do you want to give a real quick overview of what numerology yeah. is? It's your astrology, I mean, but based on your birth date. Yeah. So numerology is very like coincides with astrology. A lot of people into it. Um, astrology know about numerology. But basically you have a numerology number, a lot like the Enneagram, how you have a personality type, but it's dependent on what your birthday is. That's why it's a lot like astrology. So you add up your birthday, your day, uh, day, month, and year you were born. You add those numbers up and simplify it, and that creates your numerology number. And these are reoccurring numbers that have been shown consistent over the past uh, couple of like, past years, um, centuries, whatever, but that make a personality in each number depend. So based on what numbers you get as you add up your birthday, each of those numbers have uh, traits that are coinciding with it. For example, there's numbers one through nine, 
and I'm a 1910 based on my birthday. And number one is confidence and creativity. That number controls that. Whereas if you were, uh, not, if you I'm had a number, was I'm, I'm a 369. And when so, they say 369, they're saying 36 is one number. That's their first product so that I'll tell they you my birthday. added together. Seven, six, 1976. So I add up seven plus six plus one plus nine plus seven plus six. That gives me 36. So 36 are your gateways, um, gateway numbers essentially. And this was the, this is the numerology developed by Dan Billman. There are different variations of this, right. um, but this one is where you have those two gateway numbers and those are your different peaks along your path to your highest your self, path to growth, your yeah. path to growth. And then when you bring those two products to reach your final product of adding three and six together, you create nine and that's your life purpose number. Yeah. So with that, because one of those if you are 32, 3 plus 2 is 5, or a 23, 2 plus 3 is 5. If you're a 32, 5, or a 23, 5, your, your theme is discipline and freedom, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And we were saying how, you know, we've been listening to um, Beyond Order, and so the epitome of this numerology, we just saw this correlation, how, wow, it's almost, he probably might be a... It would be crazy. A 5 he... purpose number, because... Yeah, because he could be a one, uh, you could also be a one four, 14 five or a 41 five. And so it's really interesting to see how sometimes these things play out. So we were gonna touch a little bit on that because I think this would be lots of different podcasts. We could go into each number, it's really interesting. Um, I, we, maybe I should run in and grab the book for the numbers, but a three, what's, do you remember what a, a three and a two, so discipline and freedom's your five, but what's your path to growth as a three and a two? Yeah, so I believe, uh, it's been a while since I've read the book, but I do remember the gist. They do overlap a lot with the Enneagram, so you can see where the Enneagram is coming from in a way. And it's interesting because you can see this tendency that numbers have this, all numbers have this universal meaning across many different centuries and centuries and centuries. I mean, probably thousands of years, not even centuries. <laughs> And before Isabel describes that, think of it this way. This is what for me, because at first I was like, really? Like astro early on astrology, you're telling me that the day I was born is why I'm wired this way. But if you start studying more about the stars and the energies from the stars, and if you think of it as an imprint, like the moment you're born, because I thought, well, what isn't it going to be different? Like when my kid, one, one was induced, one was a C-section without any fact. It's literally as they come into the world, that energy field is kind of imprinted like a stamp on them. And if, you know, you can believe it, you cannot believe it, but if you choose to believe it and look, use it as another tool, it's pretty powerful. It really yeah, is. You see the correlation. Yeah, so. and then when you think of it in terms of numbers, you know, people say that the universe speaks in numbers and frequencies. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, it's really crazy almost if you think about the universe as this giant code. You know, like when you code a computer. The like the matrix. Could, you could argue that its function is the same way. And so, you know, you have energy, and that energy could in theory be broken down to numbers, which could then be broken down into frequency itself. But. Right, and I mean, it's not like, look at we're spreading this message to people all over the world through this thing called the internet that you can't necessarily see, but you you know the codes must exist to make it happen. So, 30, Doesn't matter. three Either and a two, way. what yeah. do you remember? So about? I do believe that um, if 23 or three and a two, I do want to note that it's based on, you have, you could be a 23 five or 32 five. And it basically just means the difference is that you have to overcome one thing before the other. So it goes like in order. Right. Anyway, so 
uh, I believe a three has to do with expression mostly, expressing your, what you believe sensitivity in. sensitivity a little bit too. Yeah, I think. I think it might have been expression and sensitivity might have been there. So it's all about becoming vulnerable and expressing your highest message. Not necessarily just, oh, I need to be vulnerable and let people into my life, but understanding this is what I want to say to the world. So people with a three have that strong need to uh, be vulnerable in their expression and expressing their highest truth. And then two is very much like the Enneagram two about setting boundaries and helping others, I believe. I can't remember the exact wording of it, but I remember it's very much about they have an overactive heart chakra or heart chakra that wants to say, give. Yeah. It's interesting because in a way you can take those numbers and say like, oh, well, a 32-5 or a 23-5 uh, attains a healthy manikura when they first get a healthy heart chakra and a healthy um throat chakra mm -hmm. that through those because expressions throat chakra and then being able to set boundaries is heart chakra then all of a sudden manipura your do your your action how mm -hmm. you live your life becomes in harmony yeah and so if you're like the 32 5 you can't just jump straight to discipline and freedom that's like your core value in a way of what you're striving for but you have to first learn um our dad is a 32 5 and so he has to first learn to express his truth express his highest self be vulnerable and step, then step into those boundaries of, oh, I'm giving you this, but I'm going to also take care of myself. That's and then why in an Enneagram, too, yeah. a type two's Enneagram becomes more like a type four, where you harness your more of your individuality. You're still a helper, but you have this sense of individuality. And so it's very cool. interesting to see that overlap. Whereas though you can have overlapping numbers, like we said, you could have you know different numbers adding up to different things. Like uh, mom here, she's um, you're 36, nine. So you notice that she has the same first number, but different office, different later ones. And that does, means that her core thing that she's searching for isn't discipline and freedom. It is, um, what is it? Wisdom, wisdom and, and integrity. Integrity and wisdom, yeah. So you first still have to overcome uh, and work with expressing your truth, expressing your message, finding Thanks your for message showing up. and being vulnerable. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the six is all about um, values, morality in the world, I believe. And so it's all about not having too much of a perfectionist, but still knowing what it is you value. So incorporating that message with what you value for the world and then being elite. And then her nine comes in as being a leader for those things. Right. Expression. And I, yes, I definitely, when I, I'm definitely actively on that journey i think though everyone you know because i think certain types like when you have a five in your in your purpose number mm -hmm. you definitely have to um fight more this uh tendency towards more discipline than creativity That's true. um but i do think that so that type does need to ha incorporate more creativity into the life but it, don't you think that everyone kind of needs to incorporate this discipline and freedom um, I, type of yes Yes, yeah, and they fall on different sides of that for sure, don't you think? Right. Well, like I was just saying, like I tend to lean more into my. I mean, I mom, you're gonna say like, oh, you're so creative, but I tend to lean to more easily into my discipline side. Like I'm just gonna just gonna put my head down and do it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you have to give yourself permit. Yes, because you prefer to be creative in the framework of what you're being disciplined for. Exactly. Like, I might be creative, but it's for something that aligns with my business because I'm disciplined in being an entrepreneur. <laughs> and yeah, even in like climbing or forestry, right. you'd be like, that's been your journey of like, well, it's not the discipline of achieving that 511. It's the creativity in like trying new moves while you're doing the, um, that 511. Right, it's the creativity yeah. and the expression, not um, necessarily um, having to yeah, not be achievement based. 
Um, go ahead, sorry. No, no, that, that was good, I mean. Yeah, so I'll say, like to really let that sink in, sometimes we do these things in our lives, um, you know, just sometimes, that are driven for money. We think like, if, when I have this, this truck, when I have this house, when I have this brand new RV, when I have, when I have, when I attain this achievement of status, while we all want that, we, do, we all do want some element of it, when we let that be the driving force that we forget the values that would make us happier, that's where we cross the line. There has to be this element and this constant internal uh, questioning that's saying, am I pursuing an achievement? Am I pursuing a status that's taking me away from something that truly I value and makes me happy? And where that line is for each person is going to be subtly different, but overall, there are very few people, I don't care how type three you are, there are very few people that are going to be fully their happiest expression of themselves by letting go of creativity and just being driven by achievement. That is the rat race mentality that one day when I have a million dollars in my bank, when I have three sports cars, when I have a boat and an RV and this, when I take vacations every year to this place, yeah, those will all be great, but that's why they make movies on it all the time. Why they get there and they're like, hmm, I, I you know, I destroyed my family along the way. I, I lost my love, the person I love so much along the way. It's trying to take each step each day and going, hmm, okay, I'm gonna still pursue achievement. I'm gonna use my discipline, but I'm also gonna align with my value, what's most important and make sure that there's some form of expression along the way. Yeah, yeah, and so like finding, your values, like, you know, writing them down. We talked about this in previous videos. Like, Guess write what? We're going to talk about it in a lot more videos yes. and podcasts. For sure. Guess yeah. what? It's about your values. Have you written them down yet? Last week we said, last week on the podcast, we said, write down your values and hang them up. I think, and, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Keep going. Well, I was just going to say that if you, I know for me personally, like, I always say, like, I've been, I've been raised to be very mindful, but I still get confused by these things. I was actually trying to rewrite my values a couple, a month ago or so, and my, my she said, she's like, those are not your values. And I was like, thanks, that was nice. And I was like, I just spent two hours on this. And then, but it did give did me Did I insight. say it with compassion at least? No, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, I should probably. Sweetheart, are you sure those are your values? Is that how I should have said it? <laughs> I don't remember even saying Back it. Back to but. the point. <laughs> but if you have trouble knowing your values, there's so many places you can start other than just looking at the 3,000 word list. And one, two of those ways is one, your Enneagram, because your Enneagram shows you your core desire. Like for me, knowing that I'm a nine knows that my value, I value peace, I value harmony. And this can play in negative or positive ways in my discipline. I could discipline myself and say, I should never want harmony and ignore my value. And then I'm just constantly frustrated. Or I could go to the other end and use it as a way to bypass and say, oh, I want harmony. So I'm just gonna avoid all my obligations. So, but it can be a negative way to put it. Um, what I'm trying to say is notice if you know your Enneagram, notice how your core value is playing out throughout your day and if it's how you want it to show up. So I have a good story with that, but you can go first if you want. Uh, I mean, mine's kind of a tangent. So. Go ahead, go tangent, oh. I'll bring it back. Well, and so I'll we were talking back. about how you have, uh, you know, this rat race serves a purpose to an extent. Mm -hmm. um, and we can even look at, you know, we just watched the documentary, The New Earth Era. Yes. And we can correlate that, that structure and that creativity um, equally as much as we can say the masculine energy and the feminine energy. And you have to first understand as a basic concept that we have both of these energies inside of us, um, whether you're a man or a uh, man or woman, and you, you have to incorporate both of these in 
to become your highest self. You want to have both energies within you. And it's literally the equivalent of having structure and creativity within your sense of self. Being oh man, there. we have to do a whole video on that. Next Awakened Wednesday yeah. will be, um, <laughs> we'll do uh, masculine yeah. and feminine because that's super, super powerful. And part of that creativity, which is going to be on the feminine energy side is going, is also has to do with vulnerability and not just you know, it's vulnerability of self. And so I think a lot of that also in, in incorporating this discipline and freedom, part of that could be, and this could depend on the person, but it could be just practicing vulnerable, vulnerable self-expression with yourself. I think a lot of us um, have hidden who we are for so long, we don't even know what vulnerability looks like. So we're not even vulnerable with ourselves, we're let alone connected. with the world. So it's not like you have to go and be, you know, oh, this is who I am to all the people around you. First, you have to be like, this is who I am to myself and accepting that you are the way you are. A lot of us have such deep, uh, deep sense of unworthiness that we don't even allow ourselves to think of ourselves as worthy, which is why we're not able to be vulnerable with ourselves. We've repressed who we really are. That's yeah. Well, okay, my story's gonna bring you back to a different way. So, uh, I, I, it's funny though that it ties in both of your guys' points and I really need to bring on Victor uh, and talk about this. So Victor and I, in some ways, a lot of us, because of me being a type A and him being a type two, people would um, wrongfully say that I have dominant masculine energy and he has dominant fe feminine energy. And the fact is, is that we both have both, but finding ways to integrate them, it mm -hmm. does seem like I, I think I'm a little bit more assertive, that is a masculine energy, and Victor's a little bit more compassionate, which is a uh, feminine energy. But at the same time, I have feminine energy that's like, oh, but I want you to hug me and hold me and like, I, mm -hmm. you know, I need someone strong to lift the jacks on the fifth wheel so that I don't get stuck here. <laughs> so yes, that's, those are the interplay yeah. of the two. Of, of masculine yes. and feminine, I'm saying yeah. them correctly. I want to make sure before yeah. I go on yeah. that I'm representing them correctly. Anyways, so we're on this, we're on another climbing trip right now and it's been hard for Victor to embrace our travels as most of our listeners know. And it's been hard for him to embrace rock climbing overall. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so uh, I had this huge uh, expectation or I tell myself that I need to just let him enjoy climbing. Just, just go climb, like just, just have fun with it. And so he'll do that. And I have this tendency to not just end right there because I'm so challenge driven that I'm like, challenger. all awesome. So he had a great day, a great morning, I should say, of climbing and my eight, seven messed it up because I'm like, all right, awesome. We did that challenge. Let's crack open a beer and like, let's, let's talk business now. My brain, my Enneagram, my core desire of challenger and then being the seven wing of like, all right, I challenge, let's have some fun now is like totally okay with that. Well, as a, the helper, as a two one, like wait, 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 that's like, you just challenged me on the rock, rock wall. I did good there. How dare you ask me for more challenge right now? Now you want to challenge my mind in like thinking business and stuff. So I was, it was tying in the, I just lived this a couple days ago that I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm still driven by challenge that sometimes you have to be like, it's okay to use your value for yourself, but you have to notice if you're applying your value on everyone else and yeah, be like respectful. Wait, their value 
that's been a hard a process for me to person. be like, I can challenge you guys way more than I can challenge three other people in our family. Right. And so it's important to be like, oh, this person likes challenge or they, they also like my value. And this, it's really hard for me to think, oh, wow, this is not the same value. And to like, it's hard enough to know your own value. Yeah. It's a whole nother level when you're like, oh my goodness, I need to understand, respect, and actually live in alignment with your value too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure though, like, yeah, if you can just like, and getting people to understand that both ways, like to make, especially for any sort of relationship, family relationship, anything, to be, understand your value and then have that person understand their value and then having, being able to um, like serve each other and your own, that's really hard that's really for people. really hard thing to do. I think that's like, we're all striving for. I don't know if anyone ever attains that perfectly. But as a parent, you can think about it a little bit in the, the messaging you're giving your kids. So before when I was a horrible type 8 mom, and now I'm such a compassionate type 8 mom, I used to bribe Gabby with 20 bucks if she got a yellow card. Can you believe I did that? Can you believe that? And I was like, oh my gosh, you guys know I was the most shy, quiet kid. I mean, like, I was a super driven athlete. Like, if I was by myself doing gymnastics, I'd just go. But, like, I don't want to hurt, I don't, like, I don't want to be seen. I don't want to hurt anyone. Don't, don't look at me. And I was literally telling her, like, thinking, I didn't realize. But I thought, oh, well, I would have, like, I love the challenge of that. I love being that uh, aggressive person. But that's because of other reasons of not being loved. Here I'm like, oh. Well, I just go, oh, she's just overly loved. But I didn't realize that it wasn't it wasn't in line with like the value that she needed at the time. Um, side note, she like she was amazing at, at juggling. I think uh, I think motivating you to get better at juggling was good because that was a personal yeah. achievement. Yeah, it was that intrinsic. Wasn't a, it wasn't dependent on the external world. Yeah. Yeah, and so that's so Enneagram is one way you can look at your values to tie in more discipline and freedom. But the other one I did want to mention too is if you don't know your Enneagram and you're interested by this whole numerology thing, like I said, there's a lot of overlap and each number has um, traits that you have, each uh, decides your traits, but also your values as well. Like I am in 1910. And what this means is that I value, um, it, I have the number one, nine and zero. And one is confidence and creativity, and nine is integrity and wisdom. And that means I basically need to show up every day with doing something to fulfill my confidence and creativity. And it's different though for other people as well. So noticing if you want to know, look into your numerology. The nice thing about numerology, unless your parents told you the wrong day that you were born, you can't mistype. Like everyone like mistypes and you're easy to mistype. But you can't mistype this one. And so it really is, I didn't even know what I was going to do, but yeah, it, it really is a good starting point in understanding like even if your life path your last number is overwhelming starting with the first number unless you're a weird one like me i only have one number yeah <laughs> because i was born on like one 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 or no one one two two one so i'm a seven just a seven that's all i have i'm just seven so she only gets the work on what is it i'm trust and openness Gotta trust people, gotta trust it's all gonna be okay. Just let it go. <laughs> but even knowing stop that being so disciplined, so just go with the flow. <laughs> okay, the wrap up. Was there anything else we were talking about when we were talking about the the other person who has a thirty has those numbers? Um, um we were oh, we were saying how like especially making for, decisions. Yeah, and how they chose like the wrong kind of discipline and freedom. Was it that? Like they're yeah, just like how, or how some people could yes, because of programming could Yeah, so it's the same thing, like 
also like when you're setting your values it know that like we said it's always your values are always um, gonna change how they show up because as you become more mindful and you're gonna realize that a lot of your values and what you believe is gonna be based on subconscious programs because you'll believe that oh this is how I achieve this this is how I get this. oh I think this we are talking way. about how there's exactly that there's different ways to achieve the same goal so sometimes when you're making big decisions don't it's not the decision per se that yes I should do this or no I should do that it's what am I what's the value that decision will serve and then maybe you can take that value to something else so like my challenger the fact that I like intensity it wasn't so much that I had to it had to be surfing or it had to be traveling abroad or it had to be all these other things it was the challenge to experience so that's probably why we've compromised so many times with how we how we script out what our mm -hmm. life looks like is um oh at one point I'm like I wrote the book a playful life I've got to surf by surfing this is the answer to living a playful life, but it wasn't that surfing per se, it was that I liked the challenge of learning something new. And mm -hmm. then I go, oh wait, how could we, what else could I do new? Well, I could live in an RV, that's new. Oh, well we could try 50, right now, we could try 50-50 in an RV in a house, that's a new challenge. I guarantee in a year it'll look different for us because <laughs> it will have to always be some new form of challenge, some new mm -hmm. expression of challenge. Yeah. And so if you are struggling with making a decision, don't look so much at is it A or B, it's if I choose A, what values will that serve? Or if I choose B, what values will I serve? Write those values down and then ask people. You know, you might not know the answer. You might not know all the different ways that you could pursue that value. Mm -hmm. uh, I talk to Victor about it all the time in his business. Like, he has a value of being needed. Well, he loves fitness. Fitness is a hard industry. It's like everybody, it'd be like get, telling Gabby to get a yellow card. She doesn't want to be the loudest one on the soccer field, just like Victor doesn't want to be the loudest person on Instagram. And so sometimes you have to say, okay, well, I value being, um, help, being helpful. I value that people need me, that they can count on me. So sometimes it's like taking a step back. Well, what are other fields? What are other places that you could yeah, fulfill I this think role? Like, um, for the most part, a lot of us live, um, in, especially if you grew up in a city, uh, you don't know what's out there. You really don't, yeah. I mean, I think about how when we first landed in Norway, yeah. thinking like, oh my gosh, the world is so much more than I thought it was. Yes. And in terms of, I mean, the world, like, yeah, sure, ecosystem-wise, but you just for don't know how to expand your mind into possibilities you just need someone to you just need to try new things and that opens things up or people tell you things you learn new things you honestly you research on the internet and you're like wow i did not know that was a possibility and sacral tracker you and throat tracker you have to be vulnerable to, enough to ask like hey maybe i don't know everything maybe i don't have all the answers I'm thinking this, I'm feeling this. Anyone got some ideas on ways to do it? Now, unfortunately, sometimes that's opening a bag of worms and everyone's like, oh my gosh, you should totally do this. But, you know, if you nurture yourself enough, then you can uh, say like, well, let me just see what people will have to say. I know for me, that's what I have to do sometimes. Like ask, mm -hmm. like, what do you guys think? And I go, oh gosh, I'm gonna get so many opinionated people. And like, you should do this, you should do that. It's like, you feel like, oh, they're attacking your ego. Like you're an idiot for not knowing this, but, Somewhere along there, you can kind of filter through and go, oh, wow, I discovered this one thing that I wouldn't have discovered if I hadn't asked. And then, yeah, it really, it does, like you said, it takes a lot of vulnerability. And it really takes, like, 
not just saying, oh, I'm listening to my mind and letting it be subconscious. It takes taking it to the conscious realm, taking the time to ponder it through meditation, through staring out a window, through journaling to actually take those thoughts, think about your values, think about what you're thinking and be vulnerable and fully face those parts of yourself that you have been taught to segment and d divide from yourself. Absolutely. All right. I think I like that. You guys good with that? Well, listeners, you guys good with that? So if you are, um, remember, if you're listening on the podcast, um, be sure to subscribe. And we'd love if you left us a review. If you are watching this on Making Mindfulness Fun, we don't always put every single talk that we do on YouTube. Sometimes we do them both. Sometimes we just stick them on the podcast. So make sure you also sub subscribe. So cross subscribe is what I'm trying to say. We've got YouTube, Making Mindfulness Fun, and we've got the Defy the Norm podcast. And you know us, we're always branching out into <laughs> new platforms because- and Leave a comment below if you're on YouTube and tell us what numerology number you got because we'd love to hear. Awesome. Thanks, you guys.